Okay, Tyler. Sorry about this, but the battery's going to die very quickly. So have you got another one right there? So uh, I just saw the little red light come on, and I just turned the thing on, so it must, must be just about toast. Yeah, toss it down. Here, we won't hit anybody yet, we promise. There we go, perfect. You know, you should give an applause to all of the sound and technical guys that are up there in the booth, because they certainly do work hard. And... There we go. We've actually thrown them a little bit of a curve, and in case you didn't know, we've started streaming all of the service uh, live on our YouTube channel and on our uh, webpage. And so that means that for some of those people they have to, that have been online, uh, I usually have posted the sermons um, beforehand, but they have to wait a little bit longer because it takes YouTube a bit after we've streamed it on a Sunday morning to, to uh, process it, and then they, they post it permanently. We're going to collect the morning tithes and offerings, so come on. And uh, we appreciate your giving. Uh, just so that you know what's going to be coming up into the new year, because this is something that the, the board is presently working on, and that is, uh, you know, the renovation of the kitchen has always been on our, uh, on our agenda to do as we've renovated some different places in the church. But we ran into some problems with our water and all of the different things. But we have received some donations in order to be able to renovate the kitchen. And so we're going to do that in January which means that there's going to be a bunch of disruption and other things, but the kitchen so needs it, don't you know? And, uh, you know, we're going to get a new floor and some new cabinetry and things in there, so we're excited about that. And just as we renew some of the things that are happening in the church, we want that uh, to be able to reflect what's happening in our hearts and how God has made a change in us. And so I wanted to share this message with you today called Glory and Grace. And I wanted to begin with just showing you some different uh, pictures, and I'm going to describe them for those that watch only or that listen only by audio, but um, I do want you to know about the glory of God that appears in creation. Now, this picture was taken a couple of weeks ago, uh, just at the beginning of November there uh, in Abbotsford, and it was all over social media of all different kinds. And my son-in-law posted a picture. This is not his picture, but it is one of the many because there's a double rainbow there. And uh, with the, yeah, I know that it's kind of faint, that second rainbow. And there were some other shots that uh, really described it. But those, when that occurs, uh, and there, there's two of them, it really captures people's attention. And they notice that there's this beautiful rainbow. Uh, in the midst of what's happened in the storm and the, and the rain. But it is so stunning uh, when it takes place that we are reminded of the promises of God simply because of the beauty of what he has put in the sky. You know, there's, uh, there's uh, some beauty that happens in the midst of the, uh, on the earth and the ground too. Uh, Cindy and I have a season's pass to Butchart Gardens and I, we go at least once a month. And uh, we try and, and get all of the different uh, flowers and the things that are going. And so we took some, these are our pictures, uh, not just the online pictures uh, of Butchart Gardens. It was stunning to see all of the, the dahlias and the flowers in this particular row because this was uh, taken uh, just in November <laughs> and uh, they're still blooming. And uh, 
the other picture with the bees, that was taken uh, earlier in the year, of course, but the, the way that the flowers, the, like when you take a close-up picture like that, you see the intricate amount of detail in every petal. And because of the bees were so, like there was bees, honeybees and everywhere on those flowers. And of course, just seeing that they are busy collecting all of their pollen and nectar that's necessary in order to live and thrive. And God has created all of that. All of the detail. You know, there are some other beautiful things even in the midst of some hard things. And you may have seen these pictures online or on the news that uh, in the Canary Islands uh, that are owned by Spain, La Palma, the volcano there has been erupting uh, for a little while now, but these pictures came just in October and, and November. And the, the stunning pictures of photography that's come out of, from that volcano eruption has been amazing. I've just looked at it and went, it's hard to believe. that Now, I, of course, am not celebrating the fact that people's houses have been threatened and other things like that that have gone on, but there is a sheer beauty behind the way that the earth works and the way that God created it to be. And when we see some things like this, and the photographers, of course, have used drones and other things to take pictures that we wouldn't normally see, it is just amazing to me. And all that we see, the fingerprints of God are all over the earth. And we see these images and are reminded of His glory because it reminds us of if these are just the fingerprints of God, if these are just a part of His creation, then how much more glorious is He Himself? That, that God is awesome is so true. That He is amazing. And so we know that all of the knowledge that we ever have and that we learn, God has already He's already thought of that first. All of the wisdom in this world, that He understands the way things work, the way things are, and that He knows how it should be used. How He's designed it to be used. And He is above everything else. This Scripture verse from Isaiah 55 really talks about how much higher and how much more glorious God is than even His creation. And it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are, my, are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. When we look at the character of God and we think about His holiness, we have to come to the realization that He is so much higher than us. To be holy is to be separate, and He is, he is separate from His creation. He made all that there is and what He has made gives glory to Him, but He is not the creation. He is above and beyond the creation. And yet He, he chooses to participate in it. That even though He knows it doesn't measure up to His standard of perfection, that He made it to be good, and He participates with us in what He has made. It, it is kind of like a builder of a house. You know, a builder of a house may have a vision and an idea. And they may 
uh, employ an architect to put down that vision on paper and all the plans that go into it. And then they start building, laying a foundation, putting the wood together and all the other materials to make the house the best that they can be. It's not always perfect. right? But if, if everything goes according to plan, then the builder's vision comes to be. He is not the creation itself, but yet he chooses to live in the house. Right? He walks in that house, enjoys what he has made. And that's what it's like for God in the midst of this earth. And that he chooses to be a part of what we are and what we participate in. And how hard is it to think about God in that light, in that grandiose fashion of all that He has created and realize that we don't really measure up to that kind of perfection. We think about God being perfect and we look at ourselves sometimes and we think we're so much less than that. How does God even put up with mankind? With our flaws, all the little foibles, the weaknesses of character that we have, and sometimes the outright stubborn sinfulness. How does God put up with all of that? How can we ever measure up to who He is? Because we are certainly not holy like God is holy. And in fact, in Psalm 24, it says the, these words, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. You know, I read verses like that and I think, yes, God is so awesome and He is calling us to, to be holy like He is, but I can never measure up to that. When it says, you know, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, do, do I always see my life as living like that? Is my heart always pure? Do I always do the exact things that I should do? Well, well no. And there is a temptation amongst us who know about God and who see God in all of His glory to say, He is too high, He is too mighty, I cannot come near. I don't deserve to come near. I'm not good enough. And our inability to measure up can hold us back from pursuing God. Hold us back from having a relationship with God and, and really being His follower. And that was never His intention. It was not God's intention to push mankind away because of His perfection or His holiness. In fact, the exact opposite is true. God wants to draw us near. But when we look at our lives, we can say, well, we, we seem so unworthy. How can we ever come near? And you see, that's where grace comes. When grace comes into our lives, we come to understand that God extends His love towards us. 
Yes, we have problems. Yes, we have sins. We have temptations. But God still loves us in spite of all of those things. That is grace. Grace is an undeserved favor. We don't deserve God's mercy. We don't deserve God's help. But in His love, He shows it to us. He gives us a grace that is far more significant than we often realize. This key verse I wanted to share with you today and talk about it because it puts the grace and the glory together. 1 Peter Chapter 5, verse 10 and 11 says, And the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To Him be the power forever and ever. Amen. That God in His graciousness calls us into His eternal glory. That is a thought that I have just come to appreciate. You say, how is it even possible? We struggle with morality. We struggle with evil desires. We struggle with intent and sin. And yet God wants us to be a part of His eternal glory. That He is calling us to an eternal life through Jesus Christ. A life that would be spent with Him in the midst of His glorious presence. All because He loves us. Because of grace. You know, there was a number of years ago, a man that started feeding birds in his backyard. I don't know how many of you have bird feeders or maybe hummingbird feeders and you you see the birds come and go. And at first, when this man started feeding birds in his backyard, he noticed that some of the birds were really greedy. I mean, he would scatter the seed and some of the birds would chase other birds away. The starlings especially, they would attack the robins and the cardinals and the sparrows and all the other birds and and try and get all of the food for themselves. And this situation went on for several months until the man noticed that as he continued to feed day after day, he would scatter the seed, that there was a change in the bird's behavior. And you see, what happened was they began to learn that this was an unlimited supply of bird seed. And they appeared to be less greedy. And so now the starlings wouldn't just chase all the other birds away, but there was enough. They realized that there would always be enough. The other birds could come as well. And they could feast at their leisure. And then, he noticed that a little while later, as he continued to do this day after day, and the birds became accustomed to the bounty that was before them, that their behavior changed again. And that not only did they put up with other kinds of birds coming, but they began to call to the other birds. And that in this man's backyard, as he would scatter the seed, the birds were calling out. And the bird song in his yard was amazing. Because all these different kinds of birds were like calling out to their 
their brothers and sisters and all of their friends and saying, come, come here. There's a feast here. You've got to come. And he had so many birds coming to his backyards that it was simply amazing. Unlimited supply. That's a picture of God's grace to you and me. We think that we have sinned or we've done something wrong or we've said something to someone to hurt their feelings. How could God ever forgive us again? Unlimited supply. God does not run out of grace. His love continues to overflow to any that would come to Him. To anyone that would call on His name. Regardless of what you've done or what you've been through, what others have done to you, God's grace is there for you. And He is calling us, each of us, into His glory. That we would rise up. And this is the main point of my message today. This is the grace of God, even though we don't measure up to His holiness or glory. He lifts us up with His measure. And we participate with God in His glory. You see, so often we think it's all about our work. That we need to make a better effort. That we need to try a little bit harder. You know, there are some circumstances, yes, we do need to make some effort. We need to put something in. But when it comes to God's grace, we will never achieve His glory by our own effort. It will only be because He lifts us up. That He is the one who takes His measure through Jesus Christ, His Son. We have been redeemed. We have been saved. We understand the love of God because of what He gives us. And so, we rise up. Above the level that we were at in our sin, in our temptation, God is gracious to Him. To us. Gracious within Himself. So many people think if I could only get rid of my sin, then God would love me more. But Jesus already died for your sin. He doesn't need to hang on a cross again. He did that once and for all, that we could be forgiven, that we could be saved. People think, if only I could do good things that would please God, God would be happy and then He would reward me. But you see, when we try and do that on our own, really what God wants to do is He wants to work with us give you the strength to do good for others, not because of yourself, not so that you will earn a reward, but so that those people might know the love of God. As you share the goodness that God gives you, as you walk within the strength and the power that He gives you to do good, to be kind, to say nice things. Some people say, if only I could speak well, if only I could serve better, if only I could give enough. then God would use my life as an example to other people. You know, God wants you to have the store 
to draw from the storehouse of his love and be able to pour it out for others. He sent Jesus Christ, his son. He, he doesn't need anything more. But we get to come along with God in the midst of his story and be a part of it. You see, God's favor, that grace, that undeserved favor, we have not yet come to truly understand that the favor is really God himself. So many people think about favor in terms of blessing then, things of, of gifts from God or stuff that God would help us with or stuff that He would give us. But the true gift is Himself. The true grace, that undeserved favor that comes from God is really about Himself. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for, life, for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desire. God is inviting you to participate in His nature. In His glory. And He says that you have everything you need for a godly life. Why is that? Because you have Him. You have God's attention. You have God's presence with you. This is what grace is about. You are not living your life on your own. That God wants to walk with you. He wants you to walk with Him. And that you would live life together. And that you would know the glory of God because He is with you every single day. Interestingly enough, uh, grace does not remove all of, the uh, all of the struggles of our life. Oh, don't we wish that was true. Oh, if we just come to God and then God would fix everything and then we wouldn't have to deal with so much difficulty. Right? We wouldn't have to struggle against sin or we wouldn't have to struggle with difficult people or we wouldn't have things that break down in our lives that God would just fix it all. That's not the way grace works. There are still difficulties faced by followers of Christ everywhere in the world. And so we need to put those struggles in their proper perspective. And in 1 Peter 5, that 10 and 11, those verses that I read to you, just as a key verse for this message, talking about glory and grace coming together, Peter puts this phrase in there that I'm not sure I'm really happy with. Because he says, after you've suffered a little while, then He Himself will restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. Think, I, don't, I don't want to suffer for a little while. I, I don't want to go through some difficulty. Everybody does. Whether they're a believer in Christ or not a believer, 
Whether they're strong in the Lord or whether they're not strong, we all go through different struggles. Life is a struggle. Circumstances are struggles. There's suffering in the world and it can be tough. But I can tell you what is not tough. It is not tough coming to God Himself. Coming to His presence and asking God for help, asking God for direction, asking God to be there in the midst of our struggle. That is not tough. Because grace has covered over a multitude of the sins that we are struggling with. And so we know we are forgiven. We need to walk with God. And He wants to help us. He wants us to be strong and firm and steadfast in the midst of this because He wants us to participate in His favor. And that favor is what? It is Himself. He wants us to participate with Him. There's always going to be difficulties in your life. You're going to struggle with your health, or you're going to struggle with your kids, or your grandkids, your car's going to break down. I don't know what else is going to happen. All of that stuff is going to happen, whether you want it to or not. It's just part of living this human life. But there's a choice that people make about whether they're going to do all of that stuff and all of the good stuff that goes along with it as well, whether they're going to do it with God or without God. I can tell you it's no fun, regardless of what suffering it might be, but it's a way better to do it with God than without. Where is God in all of this? He's right there. Tim Cahill is an Australian footballer. And he says, a journey is best measured in friends rather than miles. And some of us try and judge our life journey in terms of dollar signs, places we visited, size of our house, how many things we have. I tell you today that the best measure of your life is the moments that you've shared with God in the midst of it. As God has spoken to you and been a part of, and guided you, and directed you. And don't think that's limited to just church or a Bible study. Every kid's birthday party. Every celebration in your home. Every sleepless night when you're feeling ill and can't get the proper rest, God is there in all of the moments. We don't always recognize Him. We don't always recognize the presence of God in the midst of our deepest difficulty. You know, see, as we come to the application of this message, I, I want to make this point clear to you. Please stop trying to earn the holiness of God. The favor of God really comes in His presence. And so we need to enter into life with God and experience life with Him more than anything else. We need to recognize the fact that His glory, although lofty and high and separate from all things, is something that He is inviting us into. He lifts us up. And so God wants you to 
walk with Him in this life. And so, I say this, and encourage you in this. Would you make a commitment and a determination to follow Jesus? And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about just uh, an idea in your head where you're committed to a religious act or process. I'm asking you to make a determination that you're going to connect with God. Whether that means reading the Word of God during your day, whether it means receiving an encouragement from someone else that lifts you up in your relationship with God, a simple prayer, some way that you connect with God all the time. That God wants this connection to take place for you and for me. To enter in and walk in that grace. I believe that we need to talk to God about our issues. And see, this is the amazing thing. When I look in the life of Jesus, and He sat around a fire or at a table and talked to His disciples about life stuff, about spiritual stuff, about any all of the stuff. We can go to God with anything that we are troubled with, that we're thinking about, and God will help us. He understands. Talk to Him. Talk to Him about your issues. You want to live in the glory of God, tell God even the things that are not glorious. And the last thing is ask God for direction. God's plan for your life is more about connection than it is the next steps, but we do want to know what the next steps are. Right? We'd like to know what we should do and sometimes that in itself is a struggle, figuring it all out. We call on the name of the Lord, we talk to God and say, God, would you reveal to me what I should do next? How this should go? How I should repair that relationship? What I should do in my workplace in order to resolve this conflict? God cares about that stuff. And so, you need to ask for His direction. Because as God speaks to you, and as He guides you, as He helps you, you are living in that grace where He is lifting you up with His presence, and you are entering into, participating in His eternal glory. One day, there will be no more struggles. That there will be a time when we pass from life to death to eternal life. And I believe that we will see God in His glory more than we can even imagine. But until that day comes, I want to walk with God. I want God to walk with me so that I can know Him and that He can draw me upwards into His eternal glory. Would you stand with me today? And ask the worship team to come back. And I'm going to pray for you today. If you have some specific prayer requests that you need after uh, we're dismissed from this place, then we're. I'm going to stay near the front and there'll be some other leaders that can come and just pray for your specific needs. But I'm going to pray for you right now.
And if you have something on your heart that you've been struggling with, I just want you to talk to God about it. While I pray, while we sing this last song before we're finished this church service today, just lift those burdens up to God. Talk to Him. Tell Him about what the struggle is. And let Him draw you up. Father God, thank You so much for who You are. Thank You that You have sent Your Son, Jesus Christ, Savior for us. That we not only have been redeemed, but You empower us to live a godly life. That You are drawing us up into something that we don't deserve. That we cannot attain on our own Your eternal glory. And yet, You want to give it to us. You want us to be a part of it. Thank You so much for who You are. And God, we do commit ourselves to calling on Your name, to receiving Your direction, to praying and asking for Your help. And God, we are dependent on You. We want You to be a part of our life. We want to be a part of the life that You have planned far into the future, into eternal life. And so we ask You today that You would help us to appreciate grace and that we would honor You in the way that we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.